0: Hello and welcome to the next session of How Might We, and today I'm joined by Heather Sutty. What she wants to discuss today is how might we help first-generation scholars gain valuable work experience. So before we get into the subject, Heather, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit, please, to the listeners? Hi.
1: Yes, uh, my name is Heather Sutty. I'm 22, and I'm currently uh, about to go into third year um, undergraduate course studying psychology and business uh, management at the University of Sussex.
0: Okay, and welcome. Welcome. um, Your, uh, so how might we help first generation scholars gain valuable work experience? So do you want to give people a sort of a background in your story and uh, why why this is important to you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so as myself, I'm sort of, I was the first person in my family to uh, attend university. So for me, I'm a first generation scholar and there are lots of lessons I've learned from my previous years at being uni. Lots of things I would like to have been told and lots of things I would like advice on to give to other sort of prospective students looking at attending university and wanting to sort of get work experience at the same time you know, as a first-generation scholar, there's there's not a lot of advice out there. I'm very fortunate that Sussex is actually very good at having special schemes for first-generation scholars, but actually when I was talking to my couple of friends at other different unis, they had no idea what that was. So I think it's really important for not only employers, but also other universities and institutions to help these first-generation scholars gain valuable work experience before they leave uni.
0: So what do you think some of the Key challenges or that first generation scholars have to overcome that perhaps uh, other people don't?
1: I think the first challenge, the first challenge I was faced with was when um, it came to the application process, and we were looking around at universities. And obviously, none of my parents have been to uni, so we were looking for things at university, but no one really knew what we were looking for because I didn't know what made a good uni, they didn't know what made a good uni, so we we're really having to go off a feeling if we felt like it was going to be good but one thing I learned whilst being at uni was actually the things to look out for is the support available so if you're a first generation scholar you should be looking for universities that help first generation scholars so I chose Sussex because of this special scheme I get a um scholarship fund every year so money that I don't have to pay back to help me in my studies help me gain textbooks I also get access to work experience uh, before other students so this is something I think And the first stage when students are applying to university I think no matter what the league tables are saying and no matter whether it's you know a red brick or not I think you should be looking for what you're going to gain out of it more than what it looks like on the CV it's all very well going to a You know, a really, really top university. Good top university, but most of these top universities are catered towards students whose family have all gone to university. So it's more of making connections between students. Whereas us university, like Sussex, which is still very high in league tables, but they they focus more on using using their using their connections themselves to other businesses in the local areas to help provide their students with a better start. So. That would be the first thing I would say students should look out for when applying for universities.
0: Okay, so looking, understanding what you're looking for and then saying, it's mm-hmm. support. so you think the support specifically for people who are going to university for the first time has been a major benefit to you for going to Sussex?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely been something that, has sort of um, steered me in the right direction I think when I first applied to university I I took a year out before going so I I wanted to go because the industry that I wanted to be in they were only accepting graduates on graduate schemes so I thought okay I, I need to go and get you know the qualification I need to get to the next stage and I think you know help just looking for looking for places that have that kind of support rather than you just come and study the course just studying the course and getting the qualification is all very well but I think it's also what you do alongside it and I think most employers will tell you this when they're looking for graduates they don't want somebody who's just studied for three years and done nothing else it's not it's not enough anymore you need to be able to show that you can gain work experience you can multitask and do studying and working and you know these are all sort of things that you know unless your parents have gone to university and they've had the same sort of experience from an outsider looking in I I just thought going and getting the qualification would be enough so without relevant support available I think you know most students would wouldn't realize until they left what they should have done Uh, so I think it's important to yes look for those early signs um, of good support systems and sort of contacts.
0: Okay and you mentioned the factors that Obviously, you think it's important that you don't just mm-hmm. study when you're at university. So things like, as you say, you've been, before we came on, you said you've been working part-time all the yeah. way through this and also you're doing an internship. Yeah. So why do you think the employers now looking for work experience over just people who study and come away with a qualification?
1: Yeah, I think there's, I think it's because there's actually as somebody who didn't go to university straight away and I went straight into sort of working full time i think there is a large kind of stigma around university students not having much general common sense and that they can you know they can study really hard but in an actual business setting they can't thrive and they can't survive because they've never had to work with other people before and they've never had any sort of responsibility at work and they've only sort of had you know if any sort of work experience at all so i think from from working several part-time jobs throughout my time at uni that's kind of helped me um interact with people who are different ages to myself I've got I've got more interpersonal skills when it comes to working in a team of people I think that's what employers look for now they don't want to have to teach people how to work in a team how to conduct themselves in the business environment I think you know no one's really got the time to do that anymore quite a lot of jobs are requiring you know lots of training no one wants to have to tell someone how to be an adult basically I think that these are just things that you learn as, as you get older and the more experience you gain you know from where I was at 16 finishing school I'm very different to how I am now at 22 in terms of how I conduct myself at work and I think that there's a conception that university students have never had that experience which to be fair most people haven't there are lots of people that I'm friends with that I think you would not survive in an office environment because they've got no they've got no get up and go they're very sort of there is a a stigma around students being a little bit lazy so I think students who gain the work experience and show they can do things as well as university are more valued and I think quite a lot of first generation students naturally do this so a lot of my family, the whole time I were at uni, were like, you're not going to get a job at the same time. They don't view uni as being a full-time commitment. <laughs> my family are very, well, if you if you want to do stuff, you still have to have a job. So for me, I've always had to have a job throughout to sort of support my social life, but also it's actually been good to support my skills for when I actually leave. And I can say that I've done, I've worked in different work environments. So I think for students, it's very important.
0: Okay, and do you think it's a relative to... Looking at some of the roles that you you've taken mm-hmm. being at university, yeah is there a relevance to the roles you've taken and where you want to go, or is it just the work that became available?
1: yeah so a really diverse group of jobs I mean well i've this job I've had for a long time, which I only just got made redundant from because of coronavirus um, <clears throat> that was working um as a waitress for well yeah, since I' was sixteen, so for seven years at a five star hotel near where I live, and although it's got nothing to do with what I wanted to do after university. It's been amazing, I've I've learned how to deal with very difficult and very uncomfortable situations from quite a young age. I mean, I'm confident in talking to most people. I'm confident in dealing with terrible, awful situations (laughs) where people are horrible to me and people are rude to me. So I've had sort of jobs where like that, where they're not really, there's not a lot of transferable skills apart from the fact that I've learned good customer service. To quite a high standard. I mean, I had to pick up a bread roll with a fork and a spoon. It was quite um, intense. Um, not many transferable skills. But then I've also gone on. As time's gone on, you know, I've, I'm currently working at John Lewis just as a part-time sales assistant. But my role there is quite is quite deep. nothing I would have ever seen myself doing. I'm sort of doing furnishing fabrics and flooring, which is you know I'm on the phone to suppliers a lot, trying to liaise with delivery services, fitters. Uh, the scheduling team it's not I've been given I've been able to develop certain skills more and then obviously through those work experiences I was able to gain my internship so although I didn't have anybody in the field um, of management consulting I've been able to say that you know I, I can work within a team I'm a good well I'm a good team player I can you know I work hard um, I can learn new skills of things that I never previously knew before. I mean, if you'd asked me two years ago, different types of headings on the curtain, I'd have absolutely no idea. But now I could probably talk to you for about half an hour on the different types of services that we offer. So it's sort of, you have to take from those small, smaller jobs what you can take from it and how you can then get something else. But I don't think from the, you know the waitressing job and the John Lewis job that I would be able to go straight into a graduate scheme they still want you to have something relevant so without those two jobs I wouldn't have got the internship but then obviously without the internship I wouldn't be able to apply for graduate jobs so they they all interlink and I think it's important to do those but um, I think where most of my friends have been struggling is that they never had the interim jobs. so now they're leaving university and they haven't climbed the stages to get the internships to get to get the graduate schemes so I think that's that's where a lot of students are struggling really is they haven't started early enough and now they're finding themselves leaving university and going back to the square one jobs in order to help build their build their skill set
0: okay so it sounds like it's a dual purpose build build your academia and your Mm -hmm. academic knowledge but also your work experience and the yeah and that and so that you don't have to as you say some of the people you've known left university have had to go back to jobs that they probably weren't expecting to do with a degree
1: yeah definitely yeah definitely I think that's important
0: so when you went for your internship that you're currently on that these mm-hmm. uh, you say that you could actually pick some of the experiences you've had and how that you could then demonstrate that so you are capable of doing what you really yeah. are to do in the internship
1: yeah so before I got uh, the internship I'm on now I must have applied to about 50 to 60 internship roles sort of in the southeast and London area most of these were from very big companies that would usually only take top top universities students from those universities anyway but one thing that I did notice whilst picking those key skills is that obviously my internship up on now was on a more personal level so the interview process was very personal Um, I spoke to Clive one-on-one a lot and he really got to know a lot about me before he made a decision on whether he thought I was suitable for the role so I was able to talk to him about my previous experience how I thought I gained certain things from those small experiences and how I thought that would make me a good candidate for the internship and I think one thing that I would always say is that the the larger the larger firms missed that completely so they were just screening my CV for relevant experience they weren't asking me what I'd learned from you know all the roles that i'd had they were looking at that as oh it was retail that's completely irrelevant or oh that was hospitality it's completely irrelevant when actually the skills that you learn you do take with you and do actually form one part of your character and two how you can how how, you, how well you do in, in a different environment and i think without those previous jobs i wouldn't have the skills i have now so i think a lot of application processes in that way are flawed and without getting to know people sit people down and talk to them about their experiences a lot of online application processes pick out the pick out actually not always the best students they pick out people who on on paper look great but when you go to meet them in the interview and they've got no they haven't worked in an environment where they're used to talking to people so I think but in that way the application processes for internships are flawed but I was very very fortunate to get one through a university where they asked me about my relevant experience and how they thought that was relevant to the role. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's something that is probably anyone in recruitment could probably, or anyone who's job hunting can yeah. relate to say is, and obviously I'm in learning and development. So my view is that the skills that we learn somewhere that they're not just in that, that pigeonhole where we learned them, but they're just skills that we have picked up and then we can apply them into a different context and be as effective as you say, customer service is relevant to any Organisation, yeah. internal or external. So, um, mm-hmm. as we were talking to a guy called Charlie and one of our other podcasts, he was talking about the need for inter- a focus on internal customer service.
1: Yeah.
0: People who have worked in customer service to a to the level you have, and mm. that sort of mindset's already there. So, that could be that could be a whole different discussion. <laughs> of people talking about how how organisations and what they're looking for, and is that relevant to, and will that actually help them pick out the right candidate? Yeah. So one thing I want to talk about, obviously, was before we came on air, you said that yeah, you were being to university, the first one in your family.
1: Yeah.
0: And an internship is seen as a stepping stone into the graduate program. Mm-hmm. But the perception of internships is a lot of times they're unpaid. So people will go and... Yeah. sort of how, how, how do you feel about um, being required to work for a period of time for an organization for no money?
1: It's it's a really difficult subject because for me personally i i just can't believe that they still exist really but only because a lot of the ones that are unpaid they're they're in the middle of central london so even though i would think okay you know it's only 8 weeks i could probably do it unpaid however my transportation costs would have to be fronted by my, by my parents. And if I didn't come from a background where the train fare from where I live to London is 400 pounds a month. So if I was doing a two month internship, that's 800 pounds that I would have either have to have saved previously or have my parents pay for it because I wouldn't be able to work. You know, I probably still be able to work my Sunday job, but that still wouldn't, that would nowhere near cover my, my train fare. So I think in some ways a lot of internships that there's been a bit of a shift I noticed when applying there was a slight shift in who they were get, they were trying to be more inclusive but a lot of the time these internship schemes um, are only catering to people who are already in, in this sort of club in this sort of club where people who come from quite a privileged background they're the only people who are able to take eight, eight to ten weeks unpaid leave because one they either live really close to the city and can afford to move in and out or because you know their parents will just pay the eight eight to nine hundred pounds that it will cost them to travel let alone any other extra things that they may need to travel they might just travel around different parts of the country for certain tasks so I think they're outdated and I think they any firm, that, to me, if I saw an internship that was unpaid, I wouldn't want to work for them because I don't think they're actually looking for the right kind of people. I think they're looking for people who already come from the same place. And I think they're only trying to be inclusive of people that already work there. They don't, they don't, want, don't want to expand and see what other sort of um, talented candidates they could get. They kind of just want to stick to the same sort of people, friends of friends of family. And I think it's I think it does it does highlight a bit of a class divide that people find at university where I think, you know, most students can agree. You go to university and um, coming from a, you know, a working class family, you end up seeing students and you think, oh, my God, you do your weekly shop through delivery at Waitrose and you're a student. Like it, there are people who live in very different worlds to you All living in the, you're all in the same place. And I think the the unpaid internships are trying to filter out these students who academically qualified to do the job to do the job and they actually may even have more if not transferable skills than the other students but purely because they come from a different different background they're kind of being excluded so the unpaid internships I think hopefully we should see die out pretty soon (laughs) but whilst I was applying for internships there was a couple of companies who were asking slightly more diverse questions so have you ever received free meals at school in your whole time at school or only one other company asked me if my parents had been to university, so this is ta- you're starting to get a little more, bit more of people trying to hire people from different backgrounds. But I think sometimes it can come across as a bit not a bit in like not genuine. I think sometimes they they're they trying to do it to say that you know, oh we're trying to include everyone, but really they want the same pick of people, which is something I didn't realise until I got to university. I thought they just, you know, they're accepting graduates. I got I got all the way here and actually I found out that, ah, oh, they're still going to pick <laughs> certain people based on their background. So it was a little, it's been a little bit frustrating. But I just think you've got to, at the end of the day, would I want to work there? Probably not. So I think it's, it's their own loss, really. They'll miss out on a great pool of students who would actually make better employees than people who can have, Afford to take time, eight like eight to ten weeks unpaid.
0: So the average internship you've been looking for is about two to three months between that sort of.
1: Yeah, most of the big London graduate schemes are about eight to ten weeks, and then obviously you have placement years where you have whole years, um, schemes, and some of those are unpaid as well. I've seen whole placement years that are unpaid, and um, that people are applying for, which is crazy. I mean, unless you literally live next door to it, I don't know how anyone would be able to afford to work you know 45 hours a week and still survive so most people have to move back home but yeah most are about eight to ten weeks about two months just over two months time
0: okay so you've said there's some shift so if organizations or or there is a shift that companies are having in Mm. how they are going through the process what would you like to see done differently with internships then
1: my biggest bugbear about um, internships is the first initial application process where you upload your cv and they just say upload your cv here and there's just a mass screening a mass screening situation which i understand because i have lots of applicants to get through but what they don't tell you is what it what is it that they're looking for on your cv you'll just get automatically declined just no reason just oh sorry your application was unsuccessful I think they need to be more transparent as to what is their screening for because i'm not i don't want to waste my time filling out a massive application form when it could be something like i don't have x amount of um experience here or i don't have the right a level grade they won't even tell you what it is on your cv that you you've you've not got that matches their criteria because they never want to give their full criteria whether it's because they don't want to seem like they're being too picky or they're not being inclusive enough, what the real reason is they won't just tell you what they're looking for. I mean, most jobs you apply for, they give you a list of things that you need to have. So you think, Oh, if I don't have that, you don't bother replying. But for the internships, it's just sort of a massive like spiel about all these characteristics you should have. But you think, Oh yeah, I embody all those characteristics. My, my experience you know shows that I can do that and you just get a straight up decline from the CV screening. So I think it's frustrating for a lot of students because they don't know how to improve. They don't know where they need to improve or get more qualification or experience in because it's sort of turned to, in, into a mass, a mass number of students applying for 15 roles. So I think um, one thing I'd like these sort of big, especially the big firms to do is maybe, yeah, Tell us exactly what it is you're looking for, break down into sort of grades. Even the universities, I think a lot of a lot of firms are only taking students from certain universities, which is you know, that's 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 up to them. But I wish they'd tell us which universities they're looking for because thousands of other students are applying and it's a waste of their time as much as it is their time because they're just happy to screen more people and tell them no. So I don't really understand how it is that. They're doing it and no one knows. None of the students know really what's going on. They're just getting constantly rejected from multiple firms all the time. So I think it would help us streamline our application process and it will help us gain experience in the right area if that's what we need to get. But no one's telling us, no one's telling us any feedback. Yeah, it just makes not a lot of sense. (laughs) So yeah, it would be good to have some guidance from them as to exactly what it is they're looking for.
0: So, more transparency and then the feedback.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely more transparency would be nice.
0: And then the feedback. So, you can say, right, okay, so I didn't get it, but this is why. So, this is an area I
1: can get. Yeah.
0: I mean, they get that qualification, whatever.
1: Yeah, they're saying that they only offer feedback at the final stage interview, but. In these graduate schemes and application processes there's five state there's five different stages there's online testing, there's video recordings of yourself you have to go to an assessment day to f- fill out more tests. So by the time you get to the interview process, that's when you get feedback but I think a lot of students are falling at the first hurdles and they don't know why so I think it would be nice for them to have a bit more transparency as to what that first hurdle actually is because what they're saying it is it's definitely not. So I think everyone would like to know.
0: So, from what you're saying, it appears that you believe, or there's a with, through the lack of transparency, or whatever mm. reason that exists, you potentially feel there's a lack of trust between you and the and the and these employees about the reasons they're the real mm. reasons they might be or may not be choosing people.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you can ask most, especially most graduates now, people are applying for hundreds and hundreds of job a week especially you know post-covid there's not a lot going on and no one ever receives any any feedback from it it's just straight up no some people you know some applications they make you fill out your whole cv again in the application process even though you've just uploaded it so it takes a lot of time and people could have the right relevant work experience they say oh no if you've got the right experience and the right grades then you know you effectively you should move on to the next process but people aren't so i don't no one knows what they're filtering people out by whether it's by university whether it's by location whether it's by um how well, no one knows really what's going on so i think it makes people not trust them and actually puts a lot of people off applying for these roles especially first generation scholars who think they're not good enough for it because they just think oh you know I'm just going to get rejected straight away. It's a good company. I'm never going to get in. So I think they miss out um, on a lot of opportunities just out of not knowing and the lack of transparency between students and the employers.
0: Okay. So it sounds like for us, I mean, I think that's uh, probably especially as you say, post COVID this might be an experience of not just graduates coming into the workplace and internships, but a lot of Mm -hmm. people in the work environment now with um, the amount of redundancies likely to go up and the amount of, vacancies likely to go down yeah so uh, i
1: think we're gonna i think people are gonna see it more in general anyway now because of covid they just might not have the, the space but before covid and even if the covid situation settles down i think some more transparency with application processes would be nice okay yeah and
0: that's somebody for people to take forward and whether they do that or not yeah i
1: probably
0: like not, transparency because <laughs> I, <like>, I, like <laughs> I think as you yeah. say yeah people know what they're looking for and then they can assess themselves
1: definitely I think of doing an internship with a smaller firm has actually been the best thing for me Um, and I think most students overlook it and just think oh no like I want to go to all the big firms to get my experience and actually what I've learned in the past six weeks is more than I would have learned in ten and a half weeks doing these big internships so I think my advice to first generation scholars especially people who haven't gone to university before and want extra mentoring and extra attentiveness is to go for sort of the small to medium sized companies because you'll gain so much more out of it and you don't have the sort of degrading application process where you don't think you've got enough experience when actually you have so
0: okay so if remember to work (laughs) the same time as study yeah 100%. and then not to be sort of drawn to the big shiny lights but also yeah. the the more local um, yeah, smaller organizations that may support you more
1: yeah 100 percent. you get far more support from them than you would um a big firm
0: okay so you're as you say you're what, six weeks in or four weeks into your internship now six, yeah
1: six six weeks now yeah six weeks in out of you, eight.
0: Feel, you feel that you've is definitely six weeks well spent
1: a hundred percent yeah i mean the variety of tasks I've been given to do uh, and the amount of um, independence I've been given on the internship it's been incredible just building a lot of skills and a lot of a lot of just actual valuable work experience I think most work experience I've had before is you're kind of just shadowing someone around for a long period of time and actually get given any tasks or any responsibility whereas working for a smaller firm I've been able to actually you know gather proper market research for them. I've been able to talk to people on my own, especially with half doing half remote working, half in the office. I've been given the real sort of responsibility and sort of speaking to clients on my own on behalf of the company, going to virtual networking events on behalf of the company and being able to promote their services purely because I've had so much attention and and time's been given to me. I think if I was to work in in a bigger internship, I think it'd be a bit overwhelming and you wouldn't get as much much help because also there's there's probably in the big firms you've got about 15 other interns <laughs> at the same time so being the only intern I've had quite a lot of help and support so literally yeah six six weeks out of eight weeks and um it's already been such a valuable such a valuable experience and it's been paid so
0: <laughs> that's always a help isn't it
1: yeah it's always a good big help
0: okay so so we've Covered quite a lot about, as I say, some of the challenges you've had to overcome, sort of mm-hmm. not what university was, how you then went to university and sort of what you looked for,
1: mm-hmm.
0: looked about the importance of experience that you've gained and started at the jobs that don't really reflect where you want to be.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: That's the start of the journey you think that allowed you to get the internship, which will then give you the relevant experience and allow you to move on.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of a lot of students think they go to university and they're going to sell straight into a, in a top performing job. And that's not that's not the case. You have to have the lower level skills that you need to build in order to get the internships, in order to get the bigger jobs. Um, so I think yeah, my advice to students would always be work at the same time if you can and start off there.
0: And then look at is it as stepping stones, too. So obviously. Yeah. So you you think that the job, the jobs you did at the beginning, as you say, being the waitress and sort of mm-hmm. working for John Lewis, and I'm so glad you didn't want to talk about the headers of uh, curtains for thirty minutes.
1: <laughs> no, I no, I don't know about that. Thing,
0: headers of curtains. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 yeah, it's not really high on my list of things to talk about. No. Um, but you think the experience you've gained there has allowed you to work for the internship you've got now, so you can actually sell because of the more personalised process. Yes it's allowed you to sell yourself more and say yeah i don't have this experience but what i've got is i've got this which will allow me to do that
1: yeah 100 percent. and i think yeah that's really really important actually that's what most that's what most employers are looking for rather than you to have already worked at a business like that so yeah i definitely think it's useful for students to just start on the stepping stones really
0: okay so see see it as a stepping stone rather than the 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 degree that's the thing that's going to catapult you into these these roles
1: yeah i think maybe sort of 10 years ago that would have been the situation i think maybe then degrees did catapult people straight into into these jobs but times have really changed i mean you don't have to go to university anymore to get a really good job that's it doesn't work like that so you know you're as an employer, personally, if I was, I was employing someone and I had a university graduate, just been at university for three years, or I'd had somebody who'd had, had full-time work experience in, you know, a sales office, I'm more likely to take the person in the sales office because they've got better, you know, better and more rounded skills than someone who's just purely academic. So I think if you could be academic and also display some of, you know, the smaller skills that lead into bigger skills, then that's, that's a good start.
0: Okay. So you know what we do at the end? Mm -hmm. Top five tips. So here we go. What are your top five tips for somebody who's at university or thinking of going to university? And and, um, obviously with your background, we'll concentrate on first generation. Yes. So people who for the first time in their family are going to university, what's your top five tips for making that as a a beneficial experience to help them in the future as it can be?
1: So my tip number one would be look for a university that is more than just a league table, has good work experience connections and has um, good opportunities. Tip two would probably be take, take every opportunity from the very first year. Don't because first year think it's just an opportunity. Yeah, it's good to have a party, but actually there are some really good small opportunities that pop up during first year that would be beneficial throughout the time. I mean, you, want to, you want to spread out your work experience don't want to be doing everything late. Number three, ask questions. Um, I wish I'd asked more questions in my first two years of university. There is help available, there is careers advisors. They are actually amazing, and a lot of people just think they could do it on their own, but they know what they're doing. Uh, number four, get a part time job. Really easy, could just be one day a week, but over the course of three years, you've actually learned a lot one, about yourself, and two, about how to conduct yourself in the business environment. And number five, apply for an internship, a summer internship. It's, the, it's probably the most important one. Every university offers them. Everywhere around the country offers them. So it's not really an excuse not to try and grab one during the summer. And what are we doing during the summer? Nothing.
0: So <laughs> on the weather, I guess. So yeah, right,
1: okay. well, I should be laying out in the garden, really, in the sun, but. <laughs>
0: Yeah, these things don't happen very much when you work because you've only got four weeks a year to six weeks a year where you can have
1: Exactly, time. get get used to it. Summer holidays don't last forever, so.
0: <laughs> okay, so I think the interesting thing, if I might add also, we talk about the internship is, the point you raised during the conversation is also be quite open about who you would be willing to internship for. So don't just yeah. ignore the small, medium-sized organizations
1: Mm-hmm, 100%. like Be more open-minded. I mean, when I first started university, I was like, yeah, I want to work for a really top top London firm and although like that is always you know a little bit of a, of a dream to work in a big London office but actually as I've gone through I've thought well can I actually see myself there and actually I've learned a lot more and I actually will probably be a better in a career if I if, if I lowered my expectation to, to I'm not actually lowering expectation at all you're actually raising the bar because the small firms actually raise your expectations of how you how you should be treated one an internship and two in a job so I actually think now my expectations for when I apply for a graduate scheme are going to be quite high. Um, I'm going to be looking for different things than I initially looked for uh, the first time around.
0: Okay, so because you've worked for a small company, as you say, mm-hmm. not lowering expectations, you've had more freedom, more experience, and you've now yeah. done things that you can add to your CV that will, you, you believe will help you move forward and get you a better chance into the graduate programs.
1: Yeah, 100%. And now, yeah, my expectations for what my graduate scheme should offer me are going to be higher based on all the experience that I've gained through, through the internship at a smaller firm. So definitely worthwhile.
0: Okay, lovely. Well, Heather, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, is, there anything <laughs> you'd like, is there anything you'd like to add at the end?
1: Uh, not really. I think we've pretty much covered everything I wanted to say, but just any, any sort of first-generation scholars, just not to be put off, really. Keep going it will seem like you have absolutely no idea what, you what you're doing probably 95% of the time, but you're doing something. So it's always, always good.
0: Okay. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, thank, thank you for you. the listeners for, for um, listening, obviously. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully I'll, you'll come back and listen to one of our other podcasts. Okay. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs>